Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good Monday morning. The search for answers after that deadly nightclub shooting in Colorado. And stories of the heroes who helped save lives. It is November 21st. This is Today. Honoring those lost, emotional vigils for the victims of that attack inside an LGBTQ nightclub. Five people killed, dozens more injured. And they deserve better than that. The act of courage by witnesses that brought that rampage to an end. And what officials are now saying about the suspect's troubling past or live with the very latest. The Big Dig, parts of New York coping with historic amounts of snow that fell over the weekend. More than six feet in some places. City of good neighbors, baby. The focus now on what's to come with the busy Thanksgiving travel rush getting underway. Your full forecast just ahead. New details, officials revealing more about the mysterious murders of those four college students in Idaho. A clearer picture of the timeline emerging and the emergency calls made from inside the home as the mother of one of the victims speaks out with a message to the killer. Stop hiding, stop running. Just turn yourself in. Where things stand in the investigation one week after the crime. Banned no more. Elon Musk clears the way for Donald Trump to return to Twitter as the former president mounts another bid for the White House. And Republican rivals pulling no punches. The battle for the heart of the Republican Party heating up the latest straight ahead. All that plus surprise. The American Music Award Pink brings down the house with her touching tribute to Olivia Newton-John. We've got all the unforgettable moments just ahead. And Team USA just hours away from taking the field at the World Cup today, Monday, November 21st, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. So glad to have you with us on a Monday morning. Thanksgiving week is here. We've got everything you need to know. Yeah, that's right. From the massive winter storm in western New York, it may impact your travel plans. Also, tips and tricks for your holiday meal prep and making the most of those Black Friday deals as we head into the busy week ahead. But we do want to begin in Colorado Springs this morning and another tragic mass shooting. Five people killed, dozens more injured when a gunman opened fire inside a crowded nightclub popular with the LGBTQ plus community. And we're learning this came to an end after several heroes stepped up to take the gunman down. NBC's Morgan Chesky joins us with the latest on the investigation. Morgan, good morning. Yes, Savannah, good morning. And due to the nature of this shooting, investigators are absolutely looking into this as a potential hate crime. And important to note, they tell me that so far the shooter has said little to anything to investigators. Now, for the LGBTQ community here in Colorado Springs, Club Q was much more. It was a safe space. And now that sense of security for many has been shattered. Club Q, active shooter, all units respond. In just seconds, a celebration quickly turned to chaos as shots rang out inside this Colorado Springs nightclub. On Saturday, just before midnight, 
Police say 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich entered the packed LGBTQ hotspot Club Q, carrying a long rifle. We believe that the gunman, uh, as soon as he walked in, had the weapon readily available and began opening fire immediately. Shooting dozens of rounds into this crowd. Correct. Jericho Lovell was shot in the leg. It was rapid fire, and it was definitely a rifle. Police also found a handgun at the scene and say the shooter had other types of equipment and was carrying additional rounds. The shooter's rampage ended by an incredible act of bravery. The Colorado Springs mayor says that as the gunman fired into the crowd, two people ran toward the danger, hitting him with his own gun before tackling him to the ground. On Club Q's Facebook page, the owners thanking the quick reactions of heroic customers that subdued the gunman and ended his hate attack. I don't know who stopped him, but I'm grateful because they most certainly saved my life. Investigators are treating this as a potential hate crime. The nightclub is popular with the LGBTQ community. It was very traumatic. Joshua Thurman was inside celebrating his birthday with friends when he first heard gunshots. He and a few others barricaded themselves inside a back room. When you crawled out of that dressing room, Joshua, what did you see? I saw bodies on the floor. Blood. Now, as investigators comb through security camera videos and interviews with witnesses, the community struggling to grasp how their safe space turned into a tragic crime scene. These weren't just people in a club. These my friends. Now our safe space is gone. Now, this investigation is just beginning. It involves Colorado police, the ATF, FBI, those federal investigators remaining on scene here today. One of the key questions here, Savannah, is why the gunman chose this club. The owners tell us that they did not recognize him, nor had anyone seen him prior to that fateful night. Savannah. All right, Morgan, thank you very much. And we want to turn now to the mayor of Colorado Springs, John Southers, is joining us live. Mr. Mayor, good morning to you. Mr. Mayor, are you with us? I am with you. Good yeah. morning. Good morning, sir. It's uh, hard to be together under these circumstances. I wonder if you have any more light to shed this morning on what may have motivated this attack. The motive is still under investigation. It has all the trappings of a hate crime, but uh, we need to look at social media. We need to look at all kinds of other information that we're gathering from people that knew the individual. Uh, before we make any definitive conclusions about a motivation, but it certainly, as I say, has the trappings of a hate crime. Yeah, it makes you wonder uh, about the suspect. There are some reports that someone with the same name as the suspect was arrested was arrested for threatening his mom with a bomb. There's some video of this gentleman walking out. Is there any other information you have about the suspect that you can share? Well, unfortunately, under Colorado law, we're unable to comment upon any other uh, interactions with law enforcement at this time. I think the district attorney will be filing some motions in court today that will allow law enforcement to talk more about any criminal history that this individual might have. How is the community doing this morning? I mean, so many people have described this club as kind of a safe haven and a, and a refuge uh, for this community. What did it mean to the, to the larger town of Colorado Springs? Well, we're a community in mourning, but we're a community that's determined 
to make sure that the actions of a lone gunman uh, don't define our community. And you're exactly correct. Uh, police indicate that this club has been operating for about 21 years and over that period of time it's been extremely well managed very very few calls for service uh, to uh, to law enforcement uh, so we're determined we're having vigils yesterday today uh, I think there's gonna be a, a, a groundswell of financial support uh, for the victims uh, in this case. And as I say, we're going to make sure that this incident doesn't define our community. Mr. Mayor, the, uh, the suspect has been described as heavily armed when he went out there. He had a long gun and I think another weapon, yet somehow two unarmed people were, were able to subdue him. Tell us what happened there. Well, it's an incredible act of uh, heroism, and this is taking place very quickly. The police get a dispatch at 11.57. They arrive at 12, and by 12.02, the individual, uh, the perpetrator, is subdued. And that's largely because uh, uh, two, but primarily one, as I understand it, uh, are able to take a, a handgun that he's got, uh, in his possession, take it away from him, and use that weapon not by shooting it, but uh, uh, by hitting him and disabling him. Uh, it's an incredible act of heroism. And I think when you look at this in the time frame, uh, that act probably saved uh, a lot of lives. Uh, there's no question about that. Stunning act of, of courage there um, in, in just extraordinary circumstances. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for your time this morning. Please send our, our love and prayers to your community. Thank you. All right. We're going to switch gears now to something that is on the minds of a lot of Americans as Thanksgiving week gets underway. We're talking about the weather. It's beginning with plenty of plowing and digging to do across several states after that historic snow event over the weekend. Some areas covered, by the way, in more than six feet of snow. We're going to get to Dylan in a second and check out our forecast. But first, NBC's Jesse Kirsch is right there in Buffalo. He rode out that storm over the weekend. Hey, Jesse. Hoda, good morning. The governor of New York says around 280 people have had to be rescued in this region. And there's still a lot of cleanup ahead here in Buffalo. But take a look at how much snow has already been plowed and pushed aside here in downtown Buffalo. This is really just a fraction of what we're seeing across the region after the single highest 24-hour snowfall event in New York State history. This morning, some people are still under travel bans, but thankfully, we're moving closer to normal just days before Thanksgiving. This morning in Buffalo, a very big dig is underway after almost seven feet of snow buried parts of western New York, forcing repeated rounds of shoveling just to keep up. How are you feeling right now? Tired. Tired. Yeah, I mean, I had to blow snow three times. Officials warning about overexertion, saying two people died in New York following cardiac events tied to snow removal. A third person killed in Indiana after his snowplow rolled over. The heavy lake effect snow falling across more than 48 hours, at times causing near zero visibility, bringing travel to a swerving halt. Some people leaving stuck vehicles behind. Christopher Pierce says he slept in his car and got frostbite. I woke up to a firefighter carrying me out the car. City of good neighbors, baby. Thanks to neighbors digging them out, the Buffalo Bills caught their flight for Sunday's game that was moved to Detroit. We stopped by the Bill Snowden Stadium less than 24 hours before kickoff was supposed to happen. Snow practically up to my waist. Definitely not ideal for tailgating. 
tougher sticking to Thanksgiving plans, too. You're supposed to drive 15 minutes for Thanksgiving. Right. Even that's in question right, right. now. Right. Depending on if the roads open up, if they get up, their home opened up. Now, thankfully, one other person we spoke with at a grocery store said she wasn't able to find a lot of food on the shelves, but she did find a turkey. So that is good news just before the holiday. And we talk about this being a record-setting storm, the single highest 24-hour snowfall event in state history. The previous record was set in 1966. This storm definitely won for the history books. And you can see we've got the trains moving through downtown Buffalo again. So things are getting closer to normal. Hold it back to you. Oh, that's a good sign there, Jesse Kershaw, right in Buffalo for us. Thanks, Jesse. Right on key, yeah, how exactly. he did that, right? He back into the train. Dylan joins us now with uh, more on the storm, the cold, the outlook for this busy week. It's go time. It, Thanksgiving. It is. And the good news is the lake effect snow is about over now. And this week looks fine for travel. We do have one little streamer just north of Watertown off of Lake Ontario where the snow is still falling. But this is all coming to an end. But really, truly an incredible amount of snow. Again, right where the bills play in Orchard Park, 80 inches of snow. Snowfall at times was falling at rates of about five inches per hour. Absolutely impossible to see in uh, conditions like that. And also you go north of that. We did see some areas pick up 10 inches like Adams and Natural Bridge picked up 72.3 inches. Shows you just how isolated those bands of lake effect snow are and where they just pile up. Now, temperatures are going to be very frigid over the next couple of days. Lexington uh, still running below average. Little Rock, 53 degrees. That's below average. The cold extends all the way down along the Gulf Coast. Corpus Christi, only 59 degrees for a high. That's almost 20 degrees below average, but warmer air is waiting in the wings. Chicago gets into the 50s by Wednesday for Thanksgiving. We're up to 48 degrees. Bowling Green up to 60 for Wednesday and Thursday. So yes, it's cold, but it is going to at least moderate and get closer to average as we get closer to Thanksgiving. Savannah. All right, Dylan, thank you. In the meantime, in the wake of the midterms, a battle is underway for the future of the Republican Party. And at the center of it, former President Donald Trump, who just saw his Twitter account reinstated nearly two years after it was suspended. NBC's Garrett Haake is in Washington with the very latest. Garrett, good morning. Hey, Savannah. Good morning. Yeah, there's still more than a year till anybody votes in the next presidential primary. But with Donald Trump officially making himself a candidate last week, we are underway anyway. And now the Republican Party is divided over whether to embrace their former leader or to challenge him directly. Former President Donald Trump, the only declared candidate in the 2024 race so far, seizing the spotlight at the Republican Jewish Conference in Las Vegas this weekend. The Republican Party is a much bigger, more powerful party than it was before I got there. But this morning, several potential Republican challengers are making clear they're not planning to let Mr. Trump take the nomination without a fight. We've accomplished more over a four-year period than anybody thought possible. But I can tell you this, we've got a lot more to do, and I have only begun to fight. And while Florida Governor Ron DeSantis did not take on Mr. Trump directly, other possible candidates did, arguing that his lies about the 2020 election and support for candidates who would repeat them led to disappointing Republican results in the midterms. We keep losing and losing and losing. And the fact of the matter is the reason we're losing is because Donald Trump has put himself before everybody else. We have to find people who are putting themselves forward who have character, commitment, and real competence. Personality and celebrity just aren't going to get it done. Nikki Haley, Mr. Trump's former U.N. ambassador, also teasing a run against her former boss. When people underestimate me, it's always fun. 
but I've never lost an election and I'm not going to start now. Mr. Trump received one potential boost this weekend, the reinstatement of his Twitter account, suspended amid concerns of how it might be used after January 6th. Twitter's new CEO, Elon Musk, welcomed him back after a poll. Earlier, Trump indicating he would not leave his own social network for Twitter. I don't see it because I don't see any reason for it. In the background to all of this, the Department of Justice Friday announcement of a new special counsel to oversee the department's investigations into Mr. Trump. Federal prosecutor Jack Smith will run the probe into the former president's actions on January 6th and his retention of sensitive documents at Mar-a-Lago after he left the White House. Mr. Trump over the weekend calling the new special counsel, quote, just the latest in a long series of witch hunts. Savannah. All right, Garrett Haken, Washington. Thank you, Garrett. Seven seventeen. A lot more to get to. We're talking soccer. Yes. You ready? You ready? ready? Let's go. Hello, Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. The world's biggest sporting event is now underway. The World Cup kicked off in Qatar yesterday. The first held in the Middle East, and they kicked it off with a lavish ceremony and opening match. Later today, Team USA will be in action after failing to qualify for the last World Cup. Megan Fitzgerald has made her way to Doha, Doha Force, covering the action and a few controversies as well. Megan, good morning. Craig, good morning. Listen, I can tell you, Team USA is fired up and they are ready to go. Now, look, we are looking at a young team here where only one player has ever made it to the World Cup. Uh, and of course, this tournament is shrouded in controversy. But I asked the team about these potential distractions. They tell me they are focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's bringing home the win tonight. This morning, Team USA gearing up to take on Wales, the American squad, which is young, talented and gritty, hoping they can make a run behind star player Christian Pulisic. So is Team USA going all the way here? One step at a time, obviously. We, we, can, uh, we can't look too far ahead. Just before the big game, an unexpected pep talk from back home. I wish I were there to see you. I really do. Go get them, guys. Just play your hearts out. But controversy dampening the world's biggest sporting event in host country, Qatar. In a last-minute reversal, the small Gulf nation clashing with fans and sponsors, banning beer in stadiums. <laughs> a chaotic scene at one of the few places serving beer. Police trying to control this massive crowd fighting to get in. I think they didn't organize properly. Qatar spent billions on infrastructure ahead of the tournament. But human rights groups say thousands of workers died in the process. And being openly gay in Qatar is illegal. In a controversial press conference, the head of FIFA accusing Western countries of hypocrisy, empathizing with marginalized people as an immigrant himself. Today I feel uh, gay. Today I feel uh, a migrant worker. Qatar still putting on a show for the opening ceremony. Actor Morgan Freeman in a surprise appearance. USA! USA! Despite the controversy, American fans showing up in full force. Team USA is just hours away from taking the field in their first World Cup appearance in nearly a decade. Flying in from all corners of the U.S., wrapped in red, white and blue to cheer their team to victory. Now, Craig, important to note here that the Qatari government has not returned NBC News' recent request for a statement as it relates to their human rights. Uh, but on LGBTQ rights, they have released a statement to the AP saying that uh, their government does not discriminate against anybody. Craig. Megan Fitzgerald, for us there in Doha, will, of course, be rooting on Team USA. We should also mention 
Telemundo and Peacock are home of the Spanish language coverage of the World Cup. So let's go, America. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. go. One o'clock. Okay, let's, let's go. go over to Dylan and get the rest of the forecast. Yeah, good morning again, guys. A lot of people wondering how this week is going to shape up, considering there's a lot of travel likely across the country. And look at this. Today, wall-to-wall sunshine from the West Coast, through the Great Lakes, through the Midwest, all the way to the East Coast. We've got a lot of sunshine. Temperatures still on the cooler side, but we'll warm things up a bit. The only spots we really will have a few showers, Southern Texas and Southern Florida. And that's your latest forecast. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. Coming up, new clues surrounding the mysterious murders of four college students in Idaho. One week later, what police are now revealing. And the family of one of the victims speaks out. Gotti Schwartz will have the very latest in a live report. Also ahead with Thanksgiving week here, we know you got a lot to worry about. The travel, your meal, your shopping. We'll have answers to your biggest dilemma so you can handle all of it. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed all right well, it's 7 30 let's get your headlines 7 30 monday morning and we're going to start with big news from the entertainment world and a surprising announcement dizzy has tapped its former ceo bob Iger. To return to the company as chief executive, Bob Chapik, who replaced Iger two years ago, is stepping down immediately. Disney saying Iger is uniquely situated to guide the company during increasingly complex times. Hospitals across the country being pushed to the brink this morning due to a surge in RSV and flu cases. Flu hospitalizations are at a decade high and RSV is sickening so many children. Some facilities are actually running short of pediatric beds. This all comes at a time when many of our nation's hospitals are experiencing severe staffing shortages. Doctors are calling on the Biden administration to declare a health emergency. All right, uh, let's turn now to an investigation we're closely following. It's been more than a week since four Idaho college students were murdered, and police have yet to make an arrest in that case. We are learning new details this morning from authorities that appear to clear some people with ties to the victims. NBC's Gotti Schwartz is in Moscow for us with the latest. Gotti, good morning. Hey, good morning, Savannah. Yeah, in the last week, police say that they've received about 600 tips. They've done about 90 interviews. And now for the first time, they're revealing a little bit more about the 911 call that originated from inside this home from one of the surviving roommate's cell phones. As a quadruple homicide investigation now enters its second week, police say it's possible some of the victims were asleep during the attack. Some of the victims had defensive wounds. And each victim was stabbed multiple times. 
Authorities also revealing the 911 call that alerted them to the slayings was made from the cell phone of one of the surviving roommates, who police say are not suspects. Investigators saying the roommates had called friends over because they thought one of the victims had passed out and multiple people talked with police dispatchers. Police publicly ruling out several people who came into contact with two of the victims the night they were killed, including a man seen near them outside a food truck and a rideshare driver who took them home. Police are asking for the public's help issuing a one square mile dragnet, asking for any video from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. They are trying to establish how the killer made it into this house and out of the house. Kaylee Gonzalez's family also said seven phone calls were made to her ex-boyfriend from 226 to 252, but the family says those calls were not out of the norm. This person was asleep, unfortunately, um, was not getting the calls. Kaylee was in an indemnate uh, and danger her or Maddie, they would have called 911. They would not have been calling this person. Investigators are aware that multiple phone calls from Madison and Kaylee's phone were made to a male subject. Police still think the attack was targeted. Kaylee's family says they're afraid for others. We fear that this person will do this again. Kaylee's mother appealing to her daughter's killer. The guilt has got to be just overwhelming. It's got to no be hiding. sickening. Stop hiding. Stop running. Just turn yourself in. And this morning, family members are preparing for the first of the funerals. Ethan Chapin will be laid to rest a little bit later today in Washington. Back to you, Savannah. It's just heartbreaking. Gotti, thank you. We want to dig deeper into these latest revelations with Casey Jordan, a criminologist, behavioral analyst, and a professor at Western Connecticut State University. So, Casey, we got just a few tidbits from the investigators. Where was your mind on this right now? What do you think we're looking at here? Again, it's been more than a week, and what we learned from last night's press conference is there are still no suspects. They're working hard on it. They are looking at every single tip that's called in, but they have definitively ruled out the roommates who were not harmed. Uh, the guy who drove them home, a guy in a white hoodie picked up in the food truck video. It, and they, they're telling us who they don't think it is, but they don't seem to be any closer to who they think it is. So one of the more interesting things we found out is that the roommate's phone was used to make the 911 phone call, but somebody else made that phone call. And the police had to actually confirm it was not the killer. Hmm. But it does appear other friends came over on that Sunday morning to discover these bodies. The, the phone records are, are interesting because yep. on one of the phones, uh, one of the girls was calling or somebody from that phone was calling the ex-boyfriend multiple times. I think it was seven times, which shows that they were alive at that time. But what does that tell you? Right. Between 2.30 and about 2.52, uh, Kaylee was calling her former boyfriend, longtime boyfriend, mm -hmm. the parents vouch for him, uh, seven times. And in fact, her friend Maddie also called him three times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, are these girls drunk? They're not texting. Mm -hmm. They're calling. Mm -hmm. His story is he's asleep. He's not getting the phone calls. My question is, did they leave voicemails? And what do those voicemails mm -hmm. say? Why haven't we heard about this? Uh, the police were asked directly, is that ex-boyfriend a suspect? Mm -hmm. And they simply said they looked into the phone calls and it was cleared and they didn't think there was a connection, but they didn't rule him out. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the weapon. We've learned mm -hmm. more about the knife. Is that a potential area to follow in terms of the investigation? Is it a distinct kind of knife that might provide a clue? Absolutely. That's the biggest thing we found out over the weekend. We were wondering if it was a kitchen knife, a knife mm -hmm. of opportunity found on location, but it appears to be, as if you will, like a hunting knife, a Rambo-style knife 
life is mm. what they're referring to. They are checking with local sporting goods stores to see if one was purchased lately, so far coming up dry. But that indicates that the person who did this brought the knife with them. They haven't found it. And the style of knife, again, reflects fantasy. This person has been thinking about doing mm. a crime like this. They're interested in the, the, the process of stabbing. It's a very process-focused crime. And person who is obsessed with knives and bloodletting, this is the kind of person they are looking for. Somebody who may have tortured animals in the past, that's going to be on their suspect list. Mm-hmm. So disturbing, yeah. especially as time goes on mm-hmm. and no suspects, but mm-hmm. we'll hope for a break in this case. Casey, thank, thank you. Casey. Good to be here. Craig, over to you. All right. Uh, coming up here on a Monday morning, we are going to hit the field with the team that brings you an up-close and very personal look at America's biggest sport. We're talking about the men and women of NFL films. First, though, from travel delays to dilemmas in the kitchen, Sam Brock is standing by with some answers to your top Thanksgiving questions. Hey, Sam. Yeah, Craig, we got a full spread of information for you. Turkey preps, Black Friday deals, and travel tips. If you are watching me right now when you're planning on leaving the house, you might want to get going pretty soon. That story coming up next. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. We are back 742 with Consumer Confidential, and this morning, we're all about Thanksgiving. We are, from the travel rush to meal prep to the search for holiday deals, Americans from coast to coast gearing up, and we're ready to celebrate. We are indeed. We are, and we want to help you plan and make things go as smoothly as possible. So NBC's Sam Brock is at Miami International Airport with some key tips as we head into this holiday madness. Sam, save us. (laughs) Emphasis on madness. Craig, good morning, guys. Good morning. Look, we are almost there for the holiday right now. For those who are flying, there is cautious optimism among experts that this is not going to be a logistical nightmare as airlines have trimmed back their schedules. They have added pilots. Still, guys, there are two or three things you're going to want to do, like book the earliest possible flight. As for holiday deals and dishes, well, the number one question about food on Google right now is, when do I start thawing my turkey? The answer is likely right now. There's no place like home for the holidays. It has been way too long. But getting there for Thanksgiving might require some patience. With nearly 55 million people expected to travel more than 50 miles. It'll be really good to be with my family again. One X factor that could always foil plans, the weather. Where are the biggest threats? The most likely trouble spots are in the Pacific Northwest, which is expecting snowy and windy conditions. And in the southeast, potential thunderstorms also loom large. One of the busiest days to fly, 
That would be the Tuesday and Wednesday before the holiday and the Sunday after. If you're worried about travel turbulence, book earlier flights. They're less likely to get delayed. For delays or cancellations, call the airline's international numbers, which offer the same services, but less waiting. And whenever possible, go with a carry-on. If your flight does ultimately get canceled or you miss your connection, it's going to be far easier to get rebooked if the airline doesn't have to also try to find your checked luggage. On the roadways, where the majority of travelers are headed, what are the worst times to drive? That would be Wednesday between 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. and Thanksgiving Day from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. As for the feast that awaits... Cooking for Thanksgiving does not have to be chaotic. Google's top trending food-related search for the holiday, Ina Garden's Thanksgiving recipes, as well as two big questions about the turkey. How much do I need, and when do I start thawing it? Plan to have about a pound and a half per guest, and the USDA recommends allowing one day to unthaw for each four or five pounds of weight, meaning you probably want to start right now. Lastly, after you've gobbled up the turkey, it's time to start hunting for deals. The top five searched items on Google. TVs, laptops, Nintendo Switch, Christmas trees, and the Apple Watch. The most important thing you need to know? The price cuts are already here, but you need to fact check the bargains because not all of them are great. Use tools like Camel 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 to see a product's historical pricing or wish lists, which may alert you to price drops. And experts say electronics and tech are areas that you can snag some serious savings. We're seeing television deals. We're seeing deals on uh, Windows Ultrabooks. And we're even seeing some deals on uh, on Apple Gear, which hasn't always been the case during uh, during Black Friday sales. As for Thanksgiving, guys, the TSA has posted a list of items you can and cannot try to bring through security. So baked goods, meat, turkey, casseroles, those are all fine. However, gravy, fruit preserves... And cranberry sauce. Can't take those through security. That sounds like a recipe for disaster, but apparently we need to let the masses know. Don't try to do that. Don't what try about that go. firm cranberry from the can? No. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, like yeah. not really a liquid. Yes, 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 no, no cranberry. Slice. There you go. All right. Thank yeah, you, Sam. It's like a gelatin. Yeah, I, think I, think so. the, I think it's on the edge. Gelatinous. Um, yeah, exactly. Speaking of preparing for the holiday, what would you give to have Ina Garten help you plan your Thanksgiving feast? Well, you're in luck. Because she's oh. going to be here tomorrow with some fuss-free oh. ideas for oh. appies, oh. appetizers it. before Thursday's big meal. Love of course, it. everybody's thinking about weather. It's yes. going to be a big factor this week. It is, and it actually looks okay. Although yeah, good. we've tried, you know, homemade cranberry yeah. sauce before. Yes. No, just want the can. Just go with the can. Just go with the can. And again, not a liquid, technically. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. We do have really quiet weather across the country, which is great news. Temperatures aren't going to be as bitter cold as they have been either. So we're going to see a more typical Thanksgiving. The only spot we really have some wet weather is down near Houston and down in the southern Texas, also down across the Miami area in the southern Florida. So enjoy the sunshine today, tomorrow, really through most of the week. Even the lake effect snow is winding down, still chilly for today and another day tomorrow. But we are going to warm up as we get into the middle of the week. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Uh, still ahead inside Taylor Swift's surprise appearance at the American Music Awards, the record she set and the night's most memorable performances. But first, these messages. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. 
Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.